Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello and welcome to My Business Playbook. I am so glad to be here with you in season two of our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you're a new listener, welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. So today we are joined by Millie Padula of Dietitian Edition. And in this conversation, we're talking about how to really prioritize your health and well-being in the new year. I know that this is the time where people are making New Year's resolutions about their health, about going to the gym and, you know, not drinking alcohol on a Tuesday, that type of thing. (laughs) Just me? No, never mind. All good. But it's a really great time to think about your goals. And I love this conversation with Millie because she thinks about health in a way that's really not restrictive. And I really think as business owners, we need to prioritize our health and well-being in the new year. And as we hit the ground running in 2022, it's a really great time for us to realign with our overall health, not just our physical health or not just what we eat, but actually our mental health and our spiritual health. Amelia actually talks about your social health. So we're going to dive into that today. I am so excited to have this conversation with Millie Padula of Dietitian Edition. Let's dive into my conversation with her. Well, thank you so much, Millie, for joining me. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you around health, all the things, (laughs) starting your own business, running your own business, all of the things. And I just want to let you know, my little sister's name is Millie and I don't meet many Millies. Oh, how funny. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on. Um, And (laughs) yeah, I don't know many Millies, but is she M-I-L-L-I-E as well? She is. Ah. And she she gets called all sorts of like she gets called Miley, she gets called Minnie, she gets called <laughs> all these different things. But yeah, it's M I W L I E. Yeah, that's great. I always like, oh, another Millie. Another How Millie. cute. Yeah, and is she it. just Millie or is she Mildred or Millicent or Amelia? Just Millie. She's Amelia. Oh, she's okay. Amelia. Yeah. But but she doesn't really go by Amelia ever. But. No. Love it. Um, anyway, I just thought, oh, that's really fun. That's a fun fact. So tell us a fun fact, you know, it's a fun fact. Tell us about your business. What do you do and, and how did you start? Yeah, of course. So by sort of like qualification, I am officially a nutritionist and a dietitian. And I've been a dietitian for coming up to five years, I think now, which has absolutely flown by. And I run a business called Dietitian Edition, or it's a a platform turned business, I guess you could say. And I like to call myself or refer to myself as a non-traditional and a non-conventional dietitian. And the reason that is, is because I don't actually work in a hospital or with clients one-on-one, which is typically what dietitians and nutritionists do. But I work exclusively within the realms of Um, sort of brand collaborations. And I work a lot with nutrition professionals as well, helping them market their business. And I help them pursue sort of those less traditional roles um, in the nutrition industry. So that's a little um, overview, I guess, of my business. But 
I like to think of it as just a platform to empower women in all areas of life. So whether that be with their um, nutrition and their healthy eating or um, with their careers and um, the real motive behind sort of starting that platform was to just debunk all of that nutrition BS and misinformation that we see online. (laughs) Um, And now I work exclusively online and I just, I love it and I'm super creative. So I think that's where my passion for marketing comes in and I've managed to um, implement aspects of, you know, marketing into my business, which I'm loving. So I also can't wait to learn from you and all of your tips and tricks. (laughs) Oh, well, it's really cool. So you and it's quite an unconventional way of starting. So you you worked in hospitals to begin with, right? And that, then you've gone and how did that kind of transition from conventional nine to five-ish? I know that working in a hospital isn't necessarily yep. nine to five, but <laughs> how did you go from that more traditional role into kind of taking the leap to start this online platform? It definitely wasn't easy. Um, So I worked in the hospitals. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing in business ever is easy though, is it? Um, So yeah, worked in the hospitals and in a clinic for about a year and a half. And when you're a dietitian, it's sort of expected that you'll work in a hospital because that's what they teach you at uni. They teach you um, this concept called medical nutrition therapy, which is how you treat different diseases and different conditions through nutrition. So that's what you're almost expected to do. And I landed a full-time job in that Um, realm of the industry so I was like well I have to take this like that's what any good professional would do Um, but I as I mentioned before am super creative so my second choice at university was actually visual communications and graphic design so I'm just all about like aesthetics and colors and um, yeah being creative and designing and like whilst I loved working in the hospital, I just knew that there was sort of something in me that was just itching to get out. And that's when I decided to step away from the hospital private practice side and pursue my own business. Um, it didn't happen overnight and I didn't yeah. make any money in my own business until probably about a year ago. So it was a very, very slow transition. I think a lot of people think yeah. you stop one job and open the other. <laughs> um but yes, yeah, yeah. For me, like to to lead a really purposeful and fulfilling life is a priority, and I didn't feel like I was able to be my true self in that sort of hospital setting. And and now being online, I feel like mm. I can impact so many more people and positively impact their nutrition and their relationships with food, and hopefully inspire other dietitians to follow those more um, non traditional pathways as well. I love that, and I think. I was having a conversation with some friends of mine recently and we were talking about like how did we start our businesses and and one of the girls was like, you know, you were, you were just really brave, like you just started and, and, you know, you kind of, how did you do that? How did you take that leap? And I kind of was like, no, I think for me it was more that I was backed into a corner and it was like, <laughs> well, I, I can either do this and continue on this route of like working for someone else, doing this thing that doesn't feel really aligned, or I can do something entirely different, not knowing the outcome and just see what happens. And I don't think, I think the misconception a lot of the time is people think, oh, you must have had a bit of money behind you, or you must have, you know, known that you had X amount of clients, or you must just be 
kind of not very risk averse. You know, you must have just been fine with taking risk. But I think, you know, the idea of it's a slow burn, it doesn't happen overnight, it it takes time, it's I don't think people possess some secret gift in starting their own business that others don't. I think it's just like, oh, well, I just f- did it and figured it out and made so many mistakes along the way. But what would you say to someone who's listening who feels like they are still wanting to, you know, in this new year, they're wanting to start their own thing, they're wanting to take the leap, so to say, and but are still feeling a bit scared about doing that and doing the non-conventional thing. What would you say to someone who feels like that? Oh, this is probably cliche, but I'd say like just do it. <laughs> and what you said before about <laughs> al- alignment, like that word align is so, so important. And I think if you feel almost like pulled in a certain way in your career and you feel purposeful and it aligns with you, then I feel like it almost works itself all out, doesn't it? Like yeah. you can yeah. follow all the roadmaps and all the pathways and take all the strategies and tips on board. But at the end of the day, if, like if you've got the passion and it feels aligned, you will be motivated and inspired enough to go and chase your dreams, whatever that may be. And I, like, looking back, I'm just so glad I took that leap. And, yeah, it wasn't all smooth sailing. Like, I worked in retail a little bit to make ends meet and I applied for jobs in supermarkets and pharmacies to earn an extra dollar so that I could put some money into my own business. And, you know, I needed money to buy ingredients for recipes and all of those things that yes. we, we don't always consider. But, yeah, I think it's it's the best decision that I ever made and I would, I would encourage anybody to step out of their comfort zone and leave behind the judgment and thoughts of everybody else and stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and whatever it else thinks and just go and chase your dreams. Yeah. And do you think sometimes if you've, if you've studied, like you were saying, you studied nutrition and dietetics, you, you finish and then – the pathway is kind of laid for you to go straight into working in a hospital. And do you think sometimes that makes you feel crazy for wanting to be like, oh, I don't know that I want to do that, but I feel like I need to do that because that's what success kind of looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I almost felt like a bit of a failure for not wanting to go down that path. And I thought so many times, have I chosen the wrong industry here? I thought about going back to study teaching or graphic design, like I was mentioning before. But there was this part inside of me that knew that I loved nutrition and I loved helping people, but I just had to find my own unique way of doing it. And at the end of the day, like there is a little bit of judgment in the nutrition industry based on what you do and what part of the industry you decide to pursue. But one thing I spoke about in a recent masterclass that I ran was we're all there at the end of the day with the same goal, the same intention and the same purpose, which is to help people lead these really healthy and happy lives. And however we get there, it doesn't really matter as long as we're doing it in a way that is yeah. aligned um, and sort of fills up our cup as well. Yeah, that that is such... A beautiful way of putting it that actually if it looks unconventional or if it looks different or if you've studied for years and then you decide to do something that isn't the same as everyone else, that it's actually okay. And how do you go, Millie, with like thinking about nutrition and, you know, the online space? I know that there are a lot of people in health who listen into this podcast and you know, the online space, particularly Instagram, can kind of be fraught with, 
you know, if you're sharing, it's kind of like sharing financial advice on Instagram or legal advice on Instagram. Sharing health advice on Instagram can be kind of dicey. How do you navigate that as, you know, someone who is qualified? How do you actually navigate sharing advice and and actually doing that practically on Instagram? Yeah, it's definitely not easy, is it? And you do have to be ethical in Mm. doing so. And as a dietitian, we're bound by this sort of code of conduct and and code of practice to make sure that everything we're um, advocating for online or all the information that we're we're putting onto our platform is evidence-based. And the thing with putting information online is I don't know everybody's situation. I don't know anything about their medical history or their nutrition goals or what they eat. So the advice has to be so, so broad and vague in a way. And I think sometimes people forget that and I'll get DMs all the time saying like, hey, Millie, I've got this condition. What can you recommend? And so much more complex than just giving you a few simple tips and tricks on what to include or exclude in your diet. It it goes far beyond that. And I'm sure it's the same with you in marketing. You probably get um, different clients saying like, hey, how do I um, grow my business or boost my engagement? And it's just so subjective. And um, sometimes that makes it hard to to give really good, relevant advice online. But I just try and um, I always keep it relatively broad and make sure it's evidence-based as well so that no matter who is taking my advice on board, um, it's still safe and um, ethical as well. Yeah. But not easy. Yeah. Oh, it's so such a tricky one because, yeah, like everything that, that I teach our students is like you need to add value, you need to educate, but there is this thing of, how do you do that in a way that still um, feels specific but and and like unique as well, but also doesn't cross, you know, codes of conduct and and different things like that. Even like getting testimonials is a is kind of an interesting one as well, right? Yeah, we actually aren't allowed to advertise any sort of testimonials, which makes it really tricky from an ad- advertising perspective. I mean, like yeah. there are ways around it, but at the end of the day, it's your dietetic license as such that is um, at risk of being breached. So you, you do have to be really careful. And, and going back to what you were saying about specificity, it's almost like yeah. um, that sort of goes or, or – um, what's a good way of saying this, like highlights the importance of having a niche in a way so you do feel like you're not trying to help everybody. And like for me, my my niche is relationships with food and body positivity and self-worth and confidence. So I guess that then makes it more specific because I know my target audience and I know who I'm trying to help and support where um, a mistake I seen for a lot of nutrition professionals is they're trying to help everyone and that can make your message really diluted and then you you sort of end up helping nobody because you're trying to help everyone um yeah I hope that makes sense (laughs) 100 percent and how did you how did you kind of land on your niche were you always interested in that prior to launching your business or had has that kind of evolved as you've gone Yeah, it's definitely evolved. When I first started my platform, I did the whole try and help everybody, help nobody thing. And I was posting about (laughs) gut health and diabetes and relationships with food. And I was doing nutrition uh, education posts around like label reading and heart disease. And I, I think that's why I really struggled, to be honest, with working with clients, because I didn't know exactly what area 
I was passionate about. But what I was most passionate about was really just helping people and, and being creative along the way. So I guess that's sort of how I've landed where I am. Um, but for me, like I grew up in an Italian family, so enjoying food has always been almost like a um, family trait of ours. And I've never yeah. restricted any food. Like I've grown up in a family that's always been about just enjoy food and eat eat all the eat all the things um and I guess I wanted to yeah. show my clients and my followers how they can um really yeah enjoy all the aspects of food and, and as, as I talk about a lot on my Instagram nutrition and health is so much more than just the food and the nutrients that you're putting in your body and it's it's about so much more than that it's about um memories and family and tradition and you know all, all of the different um dimensions of, of food and health and I guess that's what sort yeah. of helped me land on that like relationships with food aspect oh I love that too because I think there is a lot of yeah misinformation and there's a lot of like oh you need to cut out this no you don't you need to cut out this and like even like the thing of like the food pyramid like us growing up we were like six serves of grains a day oh my goodness like how do, how were we telling like how are we totally. learning this I don't know yeah. I don't, the food pyramid to me is like what even like white <laughs> bread like you know like things like that where it's like and then I feel like we swung the other way the pendulum went we'll cut out everything don't have totally. sugar don't have this don't drink don't have coffee I remember seeing a naturopath once and um, <laughs> it was really funny, actually. I was like, um, I, I was struggling with something and I, I said to her, oh, like, this is kind of what I generally eat. I was like, I, you know, I, I think I might have been doing paleo or keto or something like that. And then she was like, um, how much alcohol are you drinking? And I was like, oh, you know, I probably have a wine with dinner maybe a couple nights a week. And then she like kind of did this thing where it felt like her glasses, like she pulled her glasses down on the, <laughs> the bridge of her nose and looked at me like, and she kind of got her notepad out, like, how long have you been drinking like that? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh what do gosh. you mean? <laughs> so I, I was like, I've been drinking. What do you mean drinking like that? Like, I was like, <laughs> I just had a glass of red wine with dinner, maybe every second night. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was a problem. And I felt really judged and it was this weird thing of being like, oh, I didn't realise that that was, oh, now I feel like I've got some sort of drinking problem. <laughs> and it was really, it was really weird. I was like, oh gosh, I've got something wrong with me. But it's just funny to think how, like also there's this, I imagine there's also this weight of responsibility as someone providing health advice that you don't bring your own, you know, I don't know if that lady had something weird that she brought around drinking or something, but it was like, oh, there's this responsibility to not um, do that and and to kind of be objective. And I love that what you're about is actually you can eat what you want so long as you have a healthy relationship with it. Totally, totally. And you have to be a realist as well. Like having a glass of wine with dinner is all about that 
um, like food environment and like you said the relationship that you have with food and it's not about you having a having a drinking problem like I'm (laughs) I'm a health professional and I'll put up my hand and say yeah I drink a glass of wine most nights with my dinner I have chocolate or ice cream every night after work and I think every night after work every night after dinner um but I think there is (laughs) as soon as I finish 5 p.m ice cream ice cream (laughs) that is something I would do though because when you don't have any like rules or you don't uh, restrict yourself based on like what to eat at what specific times you are in this beautiful world with what we call food freedom and food freedom is just the, the concept behind it is that you are free to enjoy the foods that you want to enjoy when you when you want to enjoy yes. them and um i think that yeah there is a massive misconception around health professionals in particular those of us that work within the nutrition industry that we are judging you for what you'll eat and i don't have the perfect diet nobody has the perfect diet but in in yes. my eyes a, a perfect diet is one that allows for all of your favorite foods and i would rather stick needles in my eyeballs than not <laughs> have chocolate every night <laughs> um <laughs> So. I love that. That's so refreshing. That's so refreshing. <laughs> and I love that you're not about um, being restrictive. And I think, you know, New Year's resolutions, a lot of people think, oh, okay, I'm going to do this health kick. I'm not going to drink for this amount of time and I'm going to do all this stuff. And I do that stuff all the time too. Like I, I, like my family will be like, Laura, you do all of the trends <laughs> and fats. Like I'm just like, ooh, I'm going to do it 28 days with no drinking or whatever. Yeah. Or like I keep talking about drinking, but other things. I also kind of love things. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for, you know, I think for our community, it's full of business owners who are working really hard and there's this element of I've got to work hard and, you know, I don't have time for lunch or I don't like I don't have time to, you know, do food prep or whatever. And even more broadly, it feels like our health and well-being can fall really low on our priority list. What do you think, like, what are your top tips as a, like a professional? How do we look after ourselves and manage our health as busy business owners? Do we have all day? Because I've got <laughs> so many tips, <laughs> but um, I'll try and keep it relatively brief. brief. Um, so I think the first one is to nurture your mindset and really become familiar with the implications of what could happen to your business if you're not prioritizing your health and well-being. So, you know, if you have to show up as a boss or a business owner or a creative or whatever it is that you do in business, you can't do that when you're depriving yourself of good food, good nutrition, and you're not moving your body. And I think if we're not eating properly and we're not moving our bodies, we can't give the energy to our businesses and to our staff and our employees that that they really deserve. So I think the first thing is please make time for your health um, and please try and prioritize it. Otherwise, your business will suffer. And I think we always think yes. there's no time for lunch. Like you said, there's no time to go for a walk in the morning. I've got too much to do, but you can't show up. Um, productively or you can't be motivated or you can't do all those things on your to-do list if you don't actually have the energy and the fuel to do so. So first thing always is you've got to get your mindset down pat. The second thing would be to try and schedule in some time for movement if you can. And I think today, like in this, in today's age or in current society, there's this pressure to go to the gym all the time and to fit in an hour Pilates class or a HIIT class or whatever it is. But if you can get up and 
do a few laps around your house or go for a walk on your lunch break. Moving your body in any way is better than not moving it at all. And we know that moving our body also increases our mental health and our concentration and all of those things that are associated with positive business outcomes. So really important to move your body, but move it in a way that you actually enjoy as well, because similar to diet, if we don't enjoy it, we're not going to do it. And the second thing as well would be just to eat regular meals. This is a mistake I see all the time is skipping lunch or skipping breakfast or not snacking even because we, we think we're not supposed to, or we don't have time. But I always say to my clients that I would rather um, you eat regular meals. I don't care really how nutritious they are. Obviously, I would like them to be somewhat nutritionally sound, but you're better to eat regular meals than to not eat regular meals and just have one nutritious meal throughout the day. So meal Mm. regularity, also really, really important. What else? Um, Probably not putting too much pressure on yourself as well. So whether it's for lunches or dinners, like one of my favourite go-to quick healthy dinners is like a barbecue chicken from Woolies, some microwave rice and a packet of frozen veggies or a pre-made salad. Like it doesn't have to be Instagrammable. Yes. Do what you can to, yeah. to, to, to make do. Um, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves and we think we have to have these beautiful gourmet meals every single day, but you absolutely don't. And to make your life easier, make extra at dinner so that you have a nutritionally balanced lunch the next day. That is where I see so many people going wrong. So make extra always if you can. I I hate making lunch. I hate making lunch so much. I'm like, oh, this is annoying. I don't know what I'm going to eat. And, yeah, so definitely that idea. And the thing, the funny thing is I know for me if I go to the gym in the morning, I have a better day. And even though I don't want to get up and get out and you know I don't particularly enjoy the gym most of the time when I'm doing the when I'm at the gym I'm thinking when will this be over um (laughs) probably it's the only time of my day where I'm not thinking though which I think is very very refreshing so I it's like this thing of I know that I actually show up better um in my business and I know that I'm more productive I know that I have more energy throughout the day I know that I sleep better and if for no other reason than I think sometimes, particularly as women, we think, oh, well, I won't do that because, you know, I'm fine. I'll just, I'll make it work. But I think sometimes if we think about it, like this is going to make me more productive or this is going to mean that I can get more done in my day. I'm, this is me personally, I'm far more likely to do something if I can see that there's a direct output into my business that, that is positive. Um, And maybe that says something about me, but I think Oh, like if we can look at it like, oh, this is directly relating to more effectiveness, more productivity in my business, then maybe we're more likely to do it. And like stopping for lunch, not eating lunch at your desk, those like little things. I think if if they actually improve your your business, then maybe we're more likely to do it, I guess. Yeah, totally. And I encourage all of my clients or followers, customers, whatever you want to call them, to always base their health on those measures that you were just speaking about, productivity and energy and sleep and mood and mental health, rather than focusing on that number on the scales. Because I think we become fixated on, 
if I'm a lower body weight, I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm more productive, which we just know is not the case. So in all aspects of your life, including business, if you can shift your focus away from the number on the scales to how it impacts your every everyday life and everything that you're doing within your business or within your family or your social life, um, it is more motivating. And I mean, it is for me, it sounds like it is for you as well. Um, yeah. And it's just so, so important to check in with yourself and recognize that correlation between eating well and how it does affect your business outcomes and your productivity and energy and all those things could go on all day, but yeah, really, really important. And I I do think there's this thing sometimes, and, and, you know, we're recording this at the end of 2021 and I don't know how (laughs) you feel Millie, but for me, this part of the year, I have just felt like a slug. I felt like I'm crawling to the finish line, just like, oh my goodness, I can't wait for this to be over. And it does make you kind of feel like, oh, I've not been productive enough, so I need to keep working or like in order to get everything done, all the deadlines, all the things. And and I think this idea of actually sometimes it's better to just step away for your mental health and go for a walk or go do something that actually energizes you rather than trying to, and I hate this expression, but like, it's like flogging a dead horse kind of thing. It's like, actually you're trying to make like muster up this energy to do something and to press on where I think sometimes we actually need to just go, uh, quit the hustling vibe and actually go, okay, this isn't working for me today. And I'm going to just go for a run, go for a walk, go for a swim or whatever, and step away and come back tomorrow and take the pressure off, I think as well. Yeah, absolutely. We put so much pressure on ourselves, don't we? And we do live in this hustle and grind society where we feel like if we're not working 24 seven, or if we're not staying up till midnight to meet deadlines, that we're not successful or, um, yeah, yes. self-worth is compromised and it's like that is absolutely not the case. I think we need to create some sort of movement that busts all of that misinformation yeah. and <laughs> you're so right. Sometimes it is as simple as stepping away from your business to refresh yourself, rejuvenate yourself so that you can go back in feeling feeling better about yourself and your business and yeah, we can all vouch for we feel better every single time we take a break and come back in. Yes. Yeah. And do you have any tips on how someone, you know, asking for a friend (laughs) who struggles (laughs) to like find the space? Like, have you seen that meme where it's like, um, I'm trying, like me, when I tell myself I need to just rest, but I'm thinking, can I be resting more productively? (laughs) That I feel like I resonate with so much. I'm like, am I doing this, this resting thing? Am I doing it? Like, am I being productive enough in this? Oh, How always. do you think we should be approaching? <laughs> yeah, totally. How should we be approaching rest in 2022? Or how should we be really approaching our health and well-being overall this year? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, I feel that on so many levels. I'm always like, could I be reading a book <laughs> in my rest time that's about like <laughs> business? Or oh, who knows? I'm um, I'm probably not the best person to ask about this because I'm still working on it myself. But I think if any, like if the last two years have taught us anything it's that we really need to look after our mental health moving forward and if that is taking Mm. a day off or taking a week off or doing whatever it is that 
ignites your soul and helps you to reset and refresh, I think it's really important to prioritize that, whatever it is for you. And that's why I'm a massive, I mean, yes, I'm a dietitian and I, I do believe that nutrition is really important for your overall health and well-being, but health is so multifaceted and it's important to nurture your physical health and your social health and you know your spiritual health emotional health all of the different aspects of health um, rather than just focusing on what nutrients and foods you're putting into your body so I think moving forward into the new year um, first of all make sure that you're filling up all of your different health cups not just your nutrition cup um, please take some time to nurture your mental health whatever that means for you and um yeah i can't even think of an, another tip because i'm like that's what i'll be doing is <laughs> yes. just taking time to reset and um i mean i like i even had this conversation with someone this morning i was like i can't wait to take a break off over christmas to to set goals and um to plan my business ventures for 2020 and it's like you even need a break away from that don't you like you need to just stop planning for yeah. five minutes I'm just, i struggle yeah with that. yes <laughs> I find that really hard too and it's it's like, yeah, the business book thing. It's like <laughs> over Christmas I am like I'm not touching any like any podcast, anything I'm listening to, it has to be for leisure. It has to be a novel or it has to be something completely unrelated because I do think we think about this thing that we've created like day and night and like as I said, I probably only stop thinking about the business when I'm at the gym because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, hope this ends very soon. <laughs> I'm like, I hate this. I hope it ends. So I think it's really good, even in January in 2022, as you know, all the goal setting and all of that stuff. I would love to see in our community us doing just what you said, Millie. Like actually going, how do I really nurture my own health? And no one else can do that, but but you. No one else can has that agency and that control to actually go, do you know what? It is my responsibility to prioritize this. No one else can do it. And so I feel like, yeah, just what you're saying about actually looking at all aspects of your health and the social health is such a big one too. I think in COVID, like in lockdowns, I felt so weird not seeing people and like it was really really sad so I think it was, thinking yeah. about it was it was a bit depressing and so thinking okay well that's an element of my health that it's not just going to the gym at 5 a.m it's actually seeing a friend is an element of my health so taking that pressure off what healthy really looks like I think is just such a beautiful thought and something I definitely want to take in to 2022 yeah, yeah, absolutely. We just need to bring it back to basics a notch, don't we? There's too many different things we're all trying to achieve, especially within our health. And there's so much information about do this, take this supplement, charge your crystals, do your breath work, <laughs> do your whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like we just need to bring it back a notch, I think, and get right back to yeah. basics, unstrip everything, catch up with the people we love, eat food that we enjoy, look after our men mental health and you know, the, the rest will sort of fall into place. I think we just have overcomplicated it so, so much. Yes. Yes. I think that is like the mantra for 2022 is simplify everything. I think simplify your business, simplify your health, simplify even your calendar. I think yeah. um, just making it 
yeah, doing things that really energize and and make you feel really aligned. I think that's such a such a cool thought um, to bring into the new year. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> well, Millie, it has been a pleasure chatting with you, and I know that you are launching a new podcast. So, can you tell us where can we people follow you? Where can people listen to your podcast? Where can people connect with you more? Yes, absolutely. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you as well. Um, you can find me over on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time at Dietitian Edition. So if you are somebody who's interested in improving your relationship with food or if you're a nutrition professional and you want to learn how to pursue unconventional um, opportunities in the industry, that's where I pop all my information relevant to that. Um, I'm currently in the midst of designing a new website, so that is on the to-do list. It's hanging over my head. I was going to do it over <laughs> yes. over summer, but um, after our conversation, I might not be. And then the podcast, which is launching soon with one of my girlfriends, Emily. You can find us over at One for the Honey AU on Instagram um, and on all good podcasting apps as well. So really excited to get that off the ground. Um, and I'm sure, Laura, I'll be picking your brain with how 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 to podcast <laughs> <laughs> how to do the podcasting yeah. oh my gosh it's it's a it's a good um I think it's just you make it up and then you pretend you know what you're doing and yeah. you make it up on the go and it's it's good and hopefully no one ever knows that you don't know what you're doing yeah that sounds like <laughs> at least that's what I hope mantra. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just wing it oh, and wing it and there. figure it out totally. and just hope no one notices yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Millie it has been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining us and I'm really excited about your new podcast we'll pop links to your Instagram and your new podcast in the show notes so if you want to check those out jump into the show notes but I've absolutely loved this conversation and I'm really grateful for your approach and I'm really grateful for the way that you actually have done your own thing in this nutrition space. So thank you so much. And it's been a really inspiring conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for supporting all of my crazy ventures and for having me on the show today. <laughs> I have loved it. Amazing. Well, thanks, Millie. Pleasure. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play -play for this week. I hope that you found that really inspiring as we start kind of easing into the new year. I hope that this conversation with Millie really helped you to feel aligned and to inspire you if you are kind of realizing I need to prioritize my health and well-being or also if you are doing a side hustle and you're kind of ready to take that leap. I hope that this conversation inspired you. I love hearing stories of our guests of how they started their business and their journey. Also, if you loved this episode, can I ask you a huge favor? Can you please share it? Share it on Instagram, share it with your buddies in business, share it with your friends. I really want to get the word out about these beautiful interviews that we have. So that would mean the world to me. If you want to share it, if you tag me at lalasocialclub.co on Instagram, I would love to connect with you and, you know, slide on into your DMs. So that would mean the world to me. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you back here same time, same place next week. Go get them.